Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. Our generation is very, very um, nonchalant about possessing their harvest because I have come to see that we, we don't know how to lay hold of what is ours right now. And I don't want your life to pass by and then realize that there are certain things you ought to have grabbed or taken hold of, but just because you have a mindset of smallness, you feel it doesn't belong to you now. There is nothing too good for you. It's nothing. Why? Because whatever is standing in front of you is nothing compared to the value that you are. So therefore, there is nothing too good for you. And I'm going to come eventually to the seven stars of which I said I will teach all of you of what the seven stars mean in the scripture. Then we progress from the conversation of harvest to talking about the light and how that the light is connected to your dominion. And when the Bible says God created two lights, he created the greater light to rule the day and then the lesser light to rule the night, meaning that... Um, the sun is exerting influence over the day. That the outcome of the day is dependent on the sun. So a lot of people who understand this have pushed it to some extreme but without knowledge. And then you see some people worshipping the sun. or They have the sun god. The Muslims will pray to the moon. And then when you hear scripture say stuff like this, the sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night, it tells you that the sun or the moon has some kind of dominion over the day and then the moon at night. I remember a song we always used to do. Um, very popular hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Oh God, my Father. You know that song? There's a verse 2 that says, um, Summer and winter. And uh-huh. Sun, moon, and stars in their causes above. If you read the scripture in Judges, you would see where the stars were used to fight in their causes. That when you talk about light, you talk about the exertion of dominion. So a king is born, a star has to rise, first of all, before you know that the king is born. Um, for example, the king of Persia did not become king until the principality of Persia took over. That the principality of Persia will not need a human being to enforce the rulership of Persia. All they need to do is just to establish the spiritual dominion of the principality of pressure. So the principalities or the princes of the power of the air are first in power before human beings. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when you see kings who come in their array um, in the old covenant, their star had to rise first and because their star would rise, they will subsequently come into power. So then the wise men, for example, um, in their hundreds, began to see a star that was speaking of Jesus. 
and they will travel from the east and come to Jerusalem. When they walked into Jerusalem, it was commotion because it wasn't just three people. It was a huge number of people that brought commotion into the city. And then when they got in there, everybody was a bit perturbed. What's going on? And then we see their statement saying, we have come to worship the one who is born king of the Jews. In fact, that's a diplomatic insult. Because at that time, there was a king. And then those wise men will come together and then they say, where is he who was born king of the Jews? And then they sought Jesus, but his star had to rise first. Now, scripture says in Malachi chapter 2, or chapter 4, it says, for unto us has the son of righteousness risen up with healings in his wings, saying that the son of righteousness right now is standing, which is your star. Now, your star is Jesus because he's the bright. We must connect the scriptures because he's the bright and the morning star. The morning star, he's the bright and the morning star, meaning that if the kings of the world in the Old Testament had to rise because a star will rise or a prince, who was um, Daniel's prince or Daniel's star? I taught you guys that before. That was Angel Michael. The Archangel Michael. Archangel Michael was the star of Daniel. And then God says, Angel, I mean, um, Michael, your prince. But you see, when it came to us, God didn't commit the rising of our star to an angel. He committed the rising of our star to the son himself. So Hebrews will say stuff like this. To whom did he say? Did he say to an angel or did he say to the son? To whom did he say, sit at my right hand? You're not sitting with an angel. You're sitting with him, with the king of kings. You're sitting with the one who is Lord. The one who is God and became man. That's whom you're sitting with. And therefore, because of that, we know that we can rise because our star is rising. Now, I'm not teaching you horoscope. Neither am I teaching you the study of the stars. But I'm telling you that in the old, men and women who didn't press into the finished work of Christ, they understood the communication of the stars from God to humanity. So when God says to Abraham, for example, he says, go count the stars. What, what did Abraham do? He wasn't just saying, go number the stars. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. That's not counting the stars. To count the stars there means... God told Abraham, go tell the stars, meaning interpret the stars. So when Abraham saw the stars, he saw from the star because Abraham was that kind of guy who would look at the sky and look at the stars, interpret the stars and tell what God's idea for humanity at that time was. So when he saw the stars, he saw a virgin birth. It is the reason why Abraham was the first person to whom God preached the gospel. So when you read um, the New Testament, the New Testament says that to, the gospel was preached to Abraham. What was this gospel preached to Abraham? Abraham saw that a virgin will give birth, that, that child will become Christ, and that guy is going to die, and he will rise up again. Abraham saw it in the stars, he believed God. The Bible says God... For righteousness. So he saw the gospel first. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? 
So there is the telling of the stars and dominion. And I'm telling you that your own star has risen. So when the Bible says arise, shine, for your light is come and the glory of God is risen upon you. He's saying that now you can rise and not be quiet. Because um, this is not the rising of the star of another king. This is the rising of the star of your king. So because your star is rising, you can rise and shine. So Isaiah 6, it says, rise, shine, for your light is come. It means that the sun is your own weather. Mm, you didn't get what I said. I didn't say S-U-N. S-O-N. That is the sun. The, the sun, S-U-N, is not your weather, actually. What determines your weather is the S-O-N. So the sun is your weather. So why would you plant today and get today? Because the sun is my weather. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now, it takes you away from the mindset of pushing your harvest as though to say that your harvest is a fixed sequence um, that the princes or the people of this world have to go through to experience harvest. No, no, you don't have to because your son that is the sun, rather, is your weather. And then we said on Wednesday, also importantly, that God is bringing us from survival to dominion, right? And I began to talk about influence. I'm doing a recap, for, especially for those who were not here, that God is bringing us into the place of influence. And what is influence? Influence is to exert some kind of control over someone, even without you being seen, necessarily. That's influence. Right? You don't have to directly cause the change, but there is some kind of change that's influence. There's some kind of alteration in your decision by some external force or internal force. That's influence. And then I give you examples of influence. You know, oh, have you ever been, for example, in the room with somebody? Who has a very nice perfume on you can't see the perfume right and because of that you can just tell the atmosphere is really nice but you can't see the perfume does this example make sense yeah. let me use an example that makes more sense if you're near soccer away <laughs> yeah you know why because many of you like negative that's when the message, for example, you, you, you bought pizza. You bought pizza, you and your friends. And then you're hearing generator sound. Not knowing they're actually grilling. Or they're, they're actually trying to pack stuff, right? And just once you're about to eat, all of a sudden there's a difference. <laughs> there's a difference in the, the weather. <laughs> So then you try to open the window so the atmosphere can come in. Maybe your room happens to be that type that is one room with one window. And the AC is not even working well. So whatever comes into the room, the AC helps to circulate it. <laughs> now you want to eat pizza, what happens? You can't eat it again for some of you. Because there are some of you, regardless. <laughs> regardless. 
Regardless, you see, your, the smell of the environment is inconsequential to my appetite. <laughs> I have a friend, it doesn't matter whether it is toilet or whether, see, the intensity of enjoying the food has not changed. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's, there's no problem. There's no problem here. Notwithstanding. <laughs> but for most of you, right, the moment you perceive that, what happens? You lock the food, you lock up, and you now you want to eat, but there is an influence that has stopped you from eating. So I'm telling you that you will get to levels where in this season, you will make people do what they don't want to do. But they have to. Somebody who doesn't want to sign your check, for example. You know I don't want to give you this check. I know, sir. Sign here. Sign. You know you're not the one who is supposed to travel. See? I, I know, but sign here, sir. And as he's talking, he's signing. Influence. Electra has bad intention. When he comes into your space, the intention is still there, but he can't say it. Influence. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? Or maybe you, you come into, you come into, for example, you come into a room, right, or you are in a room and somebody walks in, the person who walks in, right, I'm just looking for examples to use. The person who walks in has not had a shower for three days. <laughs> he said it depends on the person. Man of God, I hope you bath every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't want to, your wife will not let you. Your wife will not let you. No, but you don't even look like that. Don't cover up for those kind of people. Look, please take your bath every day. It's not part of my message, it's an addition. Amen. Right? Now, or maybe the guy has mouth odor. Right? And then he begins to talk to you. I notice those kind of people like to talk long. Why? <laughs> Now, forgive me in the name of Jesus. There are some words. If, if somebody has mouth odor, there are some words I don't want the person to pronounce. Especially H. Anything that begins with H, don't say it. For example, hi. No, don't. Don't. Don't even say hi. So, amen, amen. Amen. Don't even say hi. What other word begins with H? No, don't say hallelujah. Leave hallelujah. I didn't, I didn't call you to add hallelujah into this. <laughs> How far? Anything. <laughs> Praise God. But now, what happens? For example, that guy really wants to help you do something. But there is something in you that doesn't want the help because of influence. Amen. That's what I'm telling you. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> Elijah was influential. That he will speak at my word. There shall be no rain. Influence. 
that he, he redefined the sequence of seed time and harvest. So he said at my word. So maybe the weather forecast is there standing. says, for three years, the weather forecast has not changed confession. No rain today, no rain tomorrow. The weather is the same. No way. Winter, summer, spring, autumn, everything paused the moment Elijah said at my word there shall be no rain. Influence. Now, Job 38 verse 31. Job 38 verse 31. <coughs> he says, can you bind the cluster of the Pleiades or lose the belt of Orion? Now, here is everybody. Can you bind the cluster of Pleiades? Pleiades are the seven stars, right? And I've taught you that before. They are the seven stars. Um, these stars called Pleiades, the Bible refers to them as the sweet influences of Pleiades. He says, can you bind? Now, to bind is not a negative word. To bind means to put together. I explained that to you on Wednesday. That when you want to bind, for example, every strand of broom, that rope that holds all the broom together is binding. Or when you say something is binding, something has been passed into law. That's what is binding. So he says, can you make the cluster of Pleiades come to effect on you? Or can you lose the belt of Orion? You must understand binding and losing. That when it comes to binding and losing, there is no interface between binding and losing in the spirit world. That if something is not loosed, something is bound. If you are able to bind something, then it means something has been loosed. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So binding and losing is together. Right? Now, um, keep reading. Let's keep going. It says, can you bring out Mazaroth in its season, or can you guide the great bear with its cubs? Next verse. Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can you set their dominion over the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the cloud that an abundance of water may cover you? Can you send out lightnings that they may go and say to you, here we are? Who has put wisdom in the mind or who has given understanding to the heart? Now go to Amos chapter 5 verse 4. Amos chapter 5, verse 4. We're going to see what the Pleiades are. Now, move to verse 8. If you will. It says, he made the Pleiades an Orion. He turns the shadow of death into mourning. Use the NLT version and start from verse 7. You twist justice, making it a bit appeal for the oppressed. You treat the righteous like dirt. Next verse. It is the Lord who created the stars. Now you see, Pleiades is the stars. It is the Lord who created these stars, the Pleiades, and Orion. He turns. Now, Orion is the wicked one. That's Orion. Orion is the one who exerts negative influence on the earth. But Pleiades is the one who has sweet influences. So he's saying that, can you command the sweet influences of Pleiades? And then can you lose the influences of Orion? So what we are supposed to do is to bind Pleiades 
and lose Oriel. Do you understand what I'm saying? To bind means to make it happen. To lose means to disallow it. That's what it means. So, what you are supposed to do is to bind, that is, is to bring to effect, ladies, and is to lose Orion. It's to stop the work of Orion. Now, let me explain. The work of Orion is the work of the wicked one, or is the work of the negative rules. Now, you come into places, and in every place where you are, there is the work of the devil that is functioning there, and you must be able to exert your dominion there. Because it is one thing for you to survive and it's another thing for you to plant in the place where you are. That the earth is yielding forth for you because you command dominion over that place. And I say to you, it's, um, it's one thing for you to get to the moon then it's another thing for you to plant on the moon. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now let me show you to whom the seven stars of which the Bible calls Pleiades are with. Revelation chapter 1 verse 15. Revelation chapter 1 verse 15. It says his feet were like polished bronze, refined in the furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. Next verse. He held seven stars. Who is this now? Jesus, right? Now Jesus held seven stars, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was like the sun. In all its brightness. Now hear this. The seven stars are with him. That is with Jesus. Who is your star? The seven stars are with him. So when the Bible says, can you bind Pleiades? Can you bind the seven stars? Uh, the sweet influences of Pleiades? You can because the seven stars are in his hands. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you have the right. You have the authority to command sweet influences everywhere you go. And then you have the authority to command Orion to be loosed. What does it mean? That right now the authority to making that happen is not just rested on Jesus anymore or only. It is now rested upon you. Kenneth Hagin was having a vision one day. And he was talking with Jesus in that vision. And Satan came in the middle of the vision. And he couldn't hear what Jesus was saying anymore. And all of a sudden, Kenneth Hagin just got angry in the revelation and said, you devil, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. And then the devil left. And then he could hear what Jesus was saying. So he asked Jesus, why didn't you command the devil to leave? And Jesus replied to him and said, I could not. Kenneth Hagin said, you could not or you would not. He said, not I would not. I could not. The government shall be upon their shoulders. Because the headquarter of heaven right now is here. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So right now the operations. It says the Lord said to my Lord. Sit at my right hand. Until I make your enemies your footstool. Where is his footstool? The heavens are his throne. The earth is his footstool. Who is on earth? So sit at my right hand. Until I make your enemies your footstool now it is we who are to make his enemies his footstool can you shout to the cloud and make it rain yes you can can you command the sweet influences of Pleiades, which is the sweet influences of what you desire this thing is a battle of gods 
And you must understand it. How many of you observe Greek myth, all those Greek stories? Do you like them? I do. Now, <laughs> for example, Zeus may not necessarily directly fight with his fellow co-god, but he will use humans to exert his victory. So, let's say Poseidon go gets his own through a man, gives a man something. I've made you special. Take this one. Zeus will go do his own. Take special. The two people are fighting themselves. Men are fighting themselves, but in the actual sense, it's gods that are fighting. But we wrestle not against, but against principalities and powers. So when you are fighting, you must realize that you are dealing with the princes. Did you think that the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt was about Pharaoh? It wasn't about Pharaoh. The deliverance of the children of Israel was not about Pharaoh. It was about the gods of Egypt. If you read Exodus chapter 12, verse 12, you will see how God is trying to display dominion over the gods of Egypt. Because Egypt had many gods. The ten plagues were about the gods of Egypt. Not the movie. There is from the God of the Nile to the God of the afterlife. So when you see God dealing with the Nile, there is blood coming into the water. He's challenging their God. When he's dealing with the flies, there are gods in Egypt that have to do with flies. So God is also challenging them. So, for example, Moses will throw a stick. The magicians of Egypt will also throw their stick. But to show the supremacy of God over their own God, he swallows their own snake, right? Moses' snake swallows their own snake and it turns back into rod and it did not add weight. <laughs> then when it comes to the last plague, God is saying, I want to demonstrate my dominion now. There is a God in Egypt called the afterlife. So he says, tell Moses that I'm going to do a sweeping through that in all the lands of Egypt, the angel will come, not a demon. The angel will pass through Egypt, and when he passes through, everyone who is a firstborn, including cattle, including chicken, chicken's firstborn will die. Cattle's firstborn will die. Goat's firstborn will die. Sheep, human being, every, everything called firstborn. Now the angel passes through, so he says, Put the blood on the lintel, on the post. For when I see the blood, I will pass over. Do you remember when I said to you that the Passover shall be to you the beginning of months? So it says, when I see the blood, I will pass over. Now the angel of death is passing through. And when he sees blood, he doesn't need to visit that room because there's already death. Blood is a symbol that something has happened already. So there's no need to come. Now the smart Egyptians who know how to do business, I'm sure they were Igbo Egyptians. They said to themselves, let us collaborate with these Jews. Because if we don't do as they do, we have seen the ten plagues or the nine plagues. Our gods have shown inferiority to their own God. 
this thing that is passing through, stay where they are staying. Because if it is going to kill me, it will kill them. Mm-hmm. So when I see the blood, I will pass over. This is influence. This thing is about the gods. Now, there was a complete sweep. The next morning, people were crying from every part of Egypt. Men and women yelling, crying, shouting. Their firstborn son, firstborn child is gone. Including cattle, including everything. God shows dominion over the gods of Egypt. Firstly, and secondly, in the heat of mourning, where the people of Egypt are crying, God says to Moses, go tell all the people, you are now going to plunder the Egyptians. Now hear me, hear me. This is influence. Influence will get you to do what your mood is not even aligned to do. What do I mean? The children of Israel began to walk to every doorpost of the Egyptian. In the midst of their crying, they will speak to them and say, I'm sorry for your loss, but that gold is mine. They will take the gold, give it to them, and say, save Johnny. In the midst of their mourning. Now, it is one thing to give somebody something from rejoicing. It's something to give somebody something that is not yours, not out of compulsion, but out of influence. Now, when the children of Israel packed all the gold, the silver, after the influence had waned, they said, what? What did we do? Let's go back. Let's get what I'm... Are you getting what I'm saying? Influence. Let me show you one last scripture. Second Kings, chapter 3, verse 23. Second Kings, chapter 3, verse 23. See what happened here. Says, and, they, and they said, this is blood. Now, this is Jehoshaphat, who is like... Uh, the king of God's people, and then the Moabites. Now the Moabites, they said, this is blood. The kings have surely struck swords and have killed one another. Now therefore Moab to the spoil. That is the command of the king of Moab. Alright, everybody, let's go. Get the spoil. Next verse. So when they came to the camp of Israel, Israel rose up and attacked the Moabites so, they, so that they fled before them. Now let's count the victory. How many zero now? They fled before them is how many zero? That's one zero. And they entered their land. How many zero? Number three, killing the Moab. How many zero? Then they destroyed the cities. How many zero? And each man threw a stone on every good piece of land and filled it. How many zero? And they stopped up all the springs of water and cut down all the good trees. How many zero? Seven zero. But they left the stones of Kir, Haraseth, intact. However, the slingers surrounded and attacked it. Next verse. And when the king of Moab saw, this is the bad guy, that the battle was too fierce for him, he took with him 700 men who drew swords. To break through to the king of Edom. But they could not. Next verse. Then he took his eldest son. Who would have reigned in his place. And offered him up. As a burnt offering. Upon the wall. 
And there was great indignation against Israel. Now, 6-0 became 7-6. You don't understand what is happening here. The bad guy who they had defeated took his son, lifted up his son against the wall, killed him and spilled his blood on the, on the wall. Now, the Bible says that there was great, not small, great indignation against Israel. The question is, who was angry? Now, the people of old understood what it means to exert influence with blood. For when I see the blood, I will pass over. My, that was God's joker. Now, God is looking at this thing. He's impressed with a hidden king. Saying that a hidden king has peeped into redemption. Has seen what I can do with my own son. So they departed from him and returned to their own land. Now the hidden king was a prototype of what God did for you and I. For he took his only son and then he spilled his son on the cross. Now there is great indignation against the devil. So when at the mention of the name of Jesus. Hey, every knee bows. Now I told you on Wednesday that when you say Jesus, there is two sides of the coin that show up. There is the victory side and there is the defeat side. That in the name of Jesus brings to remembrance the defeat of Satan. That it is as powerful as 2,000 years ago. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So the question is, they departed from him and returned to their own land. There was great indignation against Israel. Now it is a conversation of which blood is heavier. Your influence has no choice. Down to matter because the blood of Jesus that speaketh. Now, let me explain to you. This blood that was spilled against the wall by the hidden king of Moab, right? This guy was a hidden king. But Abel's blood was the blood of a righteous guy. And his blood was speaking vengeance. But the Bible says that the blood of Jesus which speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. It is that blood which is the blood of sprinkling that is speaking for you. So when you begin to declare, what do you declare? You declare what the blood is saying. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Now, I will tell you that those seven stars, there are seven things in scripture in Revelation because you keep seeing the number seven every time if you read Revelation. Seven candlestick lampstands. The lampstand has seven branches. You see um, seven stars. You see the seven churches in, in um, Revelation. Right? Now, you see the number seven consistent. Then to him, we, to him, the lamb that was slain has received glory, blessing, wisdom, riches, honor. There are seven of them. When we begin to touch the seven of them, you understand who you are. That you must exert the sweet influences of Pleiades, which is these seven things that are in the hands of Jesus. So when you read Revelations and it says that the seven stars are in his hands, he's saying that as you are in Christ, those seven stars are also in your hands. That you push honor down. Now, it is not a matter of you are trying to get honor. Honor is one of the seven. Jesus understood it now. That's why when he was walking, the, the triumphant entry. Do you remember the triumphant entry? Now, that triumphant entry where he rode on the colt, people had no choice but to be conditioned to the spirit of the time. Because it was time for him to be honored. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the people naturally took their clothes off 
and put it on the ground for Jesus to ride upon. It is honor. Jesus did not say, because I am meek and lowly, remove your clothes. Nothing is too expensive for you. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying? Those who didn't have clothes, they, they could not afford not to put something down. So they went, they cut branches of palm and they put on the road for Jesus to walk. He was walking in the midst of those things. He was, so when God wants to honor you this year, take it off. Because it is the seven influences. There are some of you, if I give you opportunity to go shop, free shopping, instead of you to pick, you are picking cabin biscuits and all those, all those, hey. Honor belongs to you. You are not trying to get it by yourself. It is given to you. It says to whom? To him who has received honor. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? So I'm telling you that these seven influences, these seven influences, these seven stars, the Pleiades, the sweet influence of the seven stars, which are called Pleiades, they are yours to exert. So whatsoever you bind on earth. The tear gas story I told you on Wednesday is real. Because you will make people turn back even though they want to go and vote. You think voting, you think voting in this country is by voting? By now, even if you are not smart, you should have known it. Are you getting what I'm saying? The church must vote. But we know how the church must vote first. The church must vote. We lock it in prayers. We, we command the influences first. So a righteous man doesn't rise to power and changes things. No, that's not the question. The question is, we need to change things for him to rise to power. Because he can't. If there is no distortion of the weather, if there is no distortion of the seasons, if there is no distortion of who is in charge, there is nothing anybody can do. Because Satan's agenda is inconsequential regardless of party. What I'm not now, see, that's not I'm not that's not, I'm not there, right? I'm not even trying to um, push any party, but I'm telling you, regardless of any party, Satan's agenda is still intact. Now, if you know your place in God, you know how to arrange this country. That's what I'm telling you. Now, you can do this in your office, you can do this in your job, you can do this in your personal life. The seven stars, the seven influences of ladies, you push them out. We're going to touch them one by one. Wisdom. Honor. Riches. Don't tell me that riches is not for. Riches is part of the redemption package. When I looked at the word riches, in the Greek, I looked at the word riches in Revelation chapter 5, down. I saw that the word riches means plenty money. That riches is a part of the redemption. When the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Now, those seven things are not all these things. I feel like I'm going too fast. Look, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. What does it mean that he's the bread of life? Jesus did not say, I'm the floor of life. He didn't say, I'm the flower of life. He didn't say, I'm the sugar of life. He didn't say, I'm the butter of life. He said, I am the bread of life. What is bread? Bread 
is everything. But can I tell you, there is no bread tree. There is no bread tree. That you can't look at a tree and pluck bread. But there is wheat. There is sugar cane. That you can make sugar out of. You can make flour out of. You can make the components of bread. So if I say open your mouth, eat bread. You are eating everything. Now, if you are genius enough, separate the sugar from the flour as you are eating the bread. But because you cannot, everything is yours. Everything. Everything is for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So he says, I am the bread of life. Meaning that your fathers ate manna and died. But you who eats the bread of life, in this bread of life, there is redemption. There is riches. There is honor. There is glory. There is wisdom. There is power. There is strength. Now, it is, it is your intellectual sense that tries to separate everything and say some are for us. Some, don't call yourself. Don't call yourself. Look, honor is yours. Let me sit on honor today. Do you know that, do you know that, see, the word honor means the, it, is, it is the value of a thing by what buys it. That's honor. Oh, see, you are honorable. And it's not a title. You are honorable. It's not a title. So, if I say honor, man of God, I'm saying honor because of how much you were bought. So I interpret your honor by what paid for you. What paid for you? The Bible says you were bought by the precious blood of Jesus. What does he mean? What does he tell me? He tells me that because I need something, I have to spend so-so amount of money to get it. Meaning that that thing is important to me. Secondly, that thing is more important to me than the currency. So... This piece of jacket right now, somebody's going faster than me now. This piece of jacket right now, I need it more than the 50K in my pocket. So what do I do? I give away the 50K and I get the piece of jacket. Now what does it mean? God saw you in the slave market. He began to move and he said, how much am I going to buy you? He says, the thing that I will buy you for is what you are worth. My precious blood son. Now he buys you and he pays you with the blood of Jesus. Right? That is how much you are worth. And I'm telling you that you are, even, you are, you are more valuable than what paid for you. It's as if water entered your mouth. You couldn't say amen again. Total package. Influence. In this season of influence, you're going to exert the seven stars, the seven Pleiades, and you will bind the negative influence of the Bolly one, who is Orion. So when you walk into space, you must know how to say no. And you must know how to say yes. You must know how to say my presence is here. I told you now, Philip was taken off from persecution. He was running away. Did not get to um, Samaria from by faith he didn't get there in faith he got there from fear in the place of fear but as he came demons were still taking off 
And I'm telling you that even in your weakness, there is still authority in your mouth. Because the word of God in your mouth is as powerful as the word of God in Jesus' mouth. So it's time for believers now to exert the authority. You must walk it until the little light becomes a day spring that rises up in your heart. You must keep walking it. So that when you say, by, your, by his stripes, I am healed. And then you are still with drip in your hands. You continue. No, you don't keep quiet. Because the deal is not done. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not over. No, it's not over. You, come, you stay there. You stay there until that light becomes a day star. Because the Bible says that that light will penetrate the gloomy places. Do you remember the scripture I showed you in First Peter? That that light will penetrate the dark places and in, in fact sometimes intensify the situation. That because the word of God came, the situation got worse. But it's not a good reason enough to stop. You keep speaking it. You keep speaking it until you begin to believe it. You keep saying it until you believe it. You keep saying it until you believe it. Then there will be a time where you will shout from conviction. A guy was trying to stop smoking, Dr. Ayo. The guy picked up the cigarette and then he will smoke. And remember what pastor said, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It is after the smoking he's able to confess. He can't confess before the smoking because he really wants to smoke. He goes back to the pastor. Pastor, what do I do? The pastor says, keep saying it, that you are the righteousness of God. And even if you smoke, smoke and say it. See, look, we have deceived people for too long. And we have infused condemnation into the hearts of people to make them feel that when they fall, that's the end. Look, I said you are, honor, you are, you are, you, you are the embodiment of honor. So you said, I am righteous in Christ. It is not I want to be. I already am. So the guy picked up the cigarette. He kept on saying that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Every day he would say it. His convictions grew stronger a bit. But there are sometimes he will pick up. From ten sticks a day, he dropped to five. I am the righteousness of God. You know many times God is not in, interested in perfection but progress. So he kept on saying, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. There was a point that he got to in constant saying, I'm the righteousness of God. There was a day he picked up the cigarette and he said, no, I'm the righteousness of God. Now, the difference is the way he said it. The way he said it is not because he planned to say it that way. Something came from the inside and he shouted, he said, no. Can a Copeland one day was praying and he said, it's time for us to do TV ministry. But when he looked at the bill, the cost of how much it would be to be on air, he said to his wife, look, I don't think we're ready. And then all of a sudden, they decided to just go pray in tongues. And when they started to pray for, for months, for days, for months, they realized that when they prayed, they became like a mighty edifice that grew. And all of a sudden, television ministry became small. And they said to themselves, why are we not on TV? It's different from saying we are supposed to be. Look, there is a way you will, you will organize your influential ability. In this season, right? And for those of you who understand where Nigeria is as a trigger to Africa, you know that this is one of the most crucial seasons. That in this one week, it is time for the church, especially we young people, to begin to speak and order the air that the air will open Nigeria up into progress.
into advancement. Because it's not just by going out to vote. We will vote. Oh. Don't get me wrong. We are going to vote. But we will vote inside first. Before we vote outside. Hey. Smith Wigglesworth said, I am 1,000 times bigger on the inside than, than I am on the outside. That when you begin to let the bullshit after a while, you will see some things that don't fit you anymore. Influence. That when you walk around, you don't need to say in the name of Jesus, get out. Are you getting what I'm saying? You will not say in the name of Jesus, out. The demons will see you and begin to beg. You have what it takes in you to force the hands of evil people to do your bidding. And they don't need to be born again. They don't need to be saved first. In this year, there will be no reason why you can march into your harvest. There's no reason why. In 2019, there is no reason why you will shout to the clouds and say rain that is meant to fall in June fall today and to hold back. You can't. He said, can you shout to the clouds and make it rain? Yes, you can. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of God is risen upon you. This is your season. Because God has put eternity in your heart. Mm. God has put eternity in your heart. Now hear me. I dare you to press into God. In 2019. Because if you don't know, you don't know. Until you step Taste and see that the Lord is good. Until you step into deep waters with God, that's when you know what is there for you. I see so many of you who are meant to take the city and you're waiting. You're holding back when you're supposed to be aggressive and kill your lion and kill your bear. No more time for holding back. I've often said this before. That they will put Africa inside some of you. Africa will sink in you. Because there is space for more. Your vision is not a local vision. What God has called you to do is not a local thing. You are called to the nations of the earth. Pray in the Holy Ghost, somebody. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.